advice is Advisor 3.0, a show designed to help you as a financial advisor elevate your professional practice, transform your clients' lives, and take your business to the next level. I am Abraham Okusoya. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Advisor 3.0, ladies and gentlemen. And have I got a guest on the show, an incredible guest, somebody I've known for many, many years. He is the grandmaster of financial planning podcasting. Uh, I'm talking uh, 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 about none other than uh, Pete Matthew, who is the host of the Meaningful Money uh, show or shows. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, less known part of you, uh, the CEO of Jackson's uh, Wealth in Penzance. Uh, Pete, welcome to the show. Mate, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I love you to bits, mate. I'm so great, so uh, grateful for the chance to have a chat and uh, and just chew the fat together. So thank you for having me. It's it's an honor to have you on the podcast. You know, uh, you know, when I think back before financial planning podcast became a thing, you, my friend, um, have been in the forefront of this. You know, I think you, I, I can, I can say confidently that you certainly uh, have been an inspiration to me. Uh, when it comes to spreading the news, uh, I've learned loads and loads from you. And I think there are many people, um, you know, in, in our profession who will, who will say that. That's very kind. I get emails like every day, uh, which is a, a real joy. You know, I literally had a LinkedIn message yesterday. Um, and it's, it's usually sort of, you know, I listen to you and then I thought this might be a cool industry to get into. And, you know, now I've just started work as a power planner for a financial planning firm in London. And I love to hear stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I quite often get emails saying, yeah, your video on, I don't know, phased retirement helped me pass some exam or other, you know. And uh, <laughs> gosh, so maybe I'm missing a trick and I should uh, go into CPD materials or something. But um, it's, <laughs> I, no, I love it, man. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I can't claim first mover advantage when it comes to podcasts, though. I think that honor goes to Martin Bamford, who yeah, yeah. back in 2004, 2005 was podcasting. And it was a lot more difficult then because you had to write your own RSS feed and all that sort of stuff. So huh. he's the sort of uh, the OG. But I think I, just started meaningful money at the right time because nobody else was really doing it at that time and i definitely benefited from that from that but you know i did like keep going <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of right. episodes so I, I take a little bit of credit for tenacity if nothing else yeah no it's incredible and we will come back to the the uh you know to the media empire that you've created um around around uh, financial education and and all that stuff and and maybe i'll just hand you the obe on this show uh, nah. for your contributions <laughs> to financial needs to nominate me first <laughs> but i'll take well, it if it comes uh, uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> Um, but before we do that, whilst you've been doing all of this and you're known for meaningful money, you are a CEO of a wealth management business, of a financial planning business. So, uh, do you, and you know, we've we've been talking lately. You've you know, we've charted privately about the incredible journey that you've gone uh, with with the business. So. Shall we talk about Jackson's talk about Jackson's, the history uh, of the business and and maybe a sense of uh, where, where you are today? 
Cool. Uh, it really has been a journey. So Jackson's is 100 years old uh, wow. this year, right? So it was founded in Penzance by uh, a Mr. T. Jackson in 1923. Uh, and wow. he was a insurance man right and he would literally get on his bike cycle to the farms which is the primary industry here in west cornwall and would do their insurance right and so uh, the company originally is t jackson and son so his son horace jackson came into the business eventually and it's just part of the fabric in penzance uh, has been a high street presence for pretty much all that time but in 1974 so 49 years ago, as the kind of uh, regulatory regimes between general insurance and financial services started to diverge, the then partners of T. Jackson and Son Insurances span out uh, what is now Jackson's Wealth Management. So, uh, you know, this company was founded in 1974. So it's our half year, uh, half century anniversary, sorry, next year. So we're looking forward to that. So it was, in many ways, a sort of archetypical financial advice practice for ages. I joined as a self-employed advisor in 2005, but always with the intention that they would ask me to join the business. They made that very clear. So I sat in on even sort of on board meetings, leadership meetings right from the start, even though I was self-employed. Then in 2006, so I'd been here, I don't know, a little over 18 months, I said to them, look, boys... I'm not sure actually I, I want to buy in. I'm earning quite well, self-employed. There's a few things I'm a bit concerned about um, that I think we need to fix. And of course, 2006, if memory serves, was, well, firstly, it was the year I got my CFP, hmm. but also it was, I think, the year of the initial RDR consultation paper, the very first hmm. one. If it wasn't 2006, it was, it was it, we knew it was coming early in 2007. I can't really remember. And so I just said to my partners, look, it, it's gonna change the world is changing massively we need to be ready and we're just not and so i think actually i'm probably going to stay as i am i may even consider going on my own well they sat me down then between christmas and new year 2006 and said look you've really messed up our plans right you are our (laughs) sort of exit these guys are all in their 50s right so they said look you've really messed things up what's it going to take to get you to change your mind well that is the one and only time i've ever been good at negotiating anything so I said, basically, I want you to let me lead it because uh, I f- feel like I know where the puck is going. We've got to skate there and build a very different business to what it is at the moment. And it really wasn't a business. It was three guys kind of pooling resources. They used mm. three different fact find documents, I remember, <laughs> vividly, right? So it wasn't a cohesive business, not really. It was, it was a strong business. It was very financially stable, and we had a brilliant client bank locally so there was lots of great foundations but it wasn't it certainly wasn't fit for purpose with the new world with uh, what would eventually become uh, rdr and all that so uh, they said okay we can do that that was kind of our hope anyway that you would take it forward and to their credit they really honored their commitment and they supported me and they put money in and we you know sorted the compliance and the computers and all the stuff that we needed to get it right people as well so at that point, there was me, the three directors, and one and a half staff. And now we're about to take on number 20 uh, wow. in the team here. And we've grown probably five times in revenue uh, since 2007. So it's been nice and steady, organic, 
five times doesn't sound steady, but I mean, that's 16 years. So that's plenty, plenty quick enough for me. Um, and it's, we're now a proper financial planning firm, you know, proper business uh, as, it, as it should be run in, in my view. But I think we're doing some things differently uh, now as well, which perhaps we'll get into things like a four-day week and, and stuff like that. And massive emphasis on culture, which I think uh, a, a lot of firms and businesses pay lip service to. And I think particularly in our industry. Um, so lots of great stuff going on, man. And it's a journey and I'm, I'm still excited to be on it. I'm only 48, so I've got some time to go yet. <laughs> it's it's incredible. I mean, I, I was, I'm just thinking of, uh, you know, what it must have felt to the directors of the business at the time that this 30 something year old had come in <laughs> and 18 months later, he wants to run the business. I mean, what, what was he on? <laughs> I know how they didn't kick me out of the room, but actually that's what they said they wanted, you know, because they could see the end uh, in sight of their careers as they approached their 60s. So I guess I was the right guy in the right time. I was able to buy in relatively cheaply. I mean, I mortgaged to the hilt to do it, but it's the best financial decision I've ever made uh, and best decision generally, apart from marrying my wife. I think it's been, you know, I've been 19 years at Jackson's now. So it's, uh, you know, it's, very, it's like the most important part of my career and I'll be here until I drop, uh, God willing. So yeah, th to their credit, that could have gone either way, but they definitely have supported me throughout. There, there is an important segue here, and I'm not, I'm not quite, quite sure what the question is, but, but I, I am working on the assumption that over the years, then you have, uh, you know, retired or exited uh, the, the directors of the business. You would have, um, I'm assuming, bought more and more of the equity in the business. Uh, and when I think about transition. Um, issues or succession issues that many firms uh, have today. It seemed like you've gone through this with, uh, you know, the, the previous generation of owners. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about how you managed that side of things. Yeah, three times so far and one more to go. Wow. Well, so three directors <laughs> exited. Yeah. Oh, okay. So of the original three senior guys, one uh, has retained his shares. Uh, mm. Great, uh, great man, brilliant businessman and a great friend, Mike Caffrey. So he's chairman of Jackson still. Wow. I mean, he wouldn't mind me saying that he's keeping his shares as an IHT play. Um, uh, so I've built his, you know, that part of his estate, you know, with him and for him. So, but he's great. I mean, he, he was always the most entrepreneurial of the three senior guys anyway. And there's probably not a fortnight goes by where he doesn't sort of rue the fact that he's not 30 years younger. Um, so he's like seventies now, but he's a joy to, to work with and to be in business with. So he's, he remains, but the two other senior guys, they retired in 2012 and 2013. Uh, since then, uh, I was joined with my best mate in the world co-host of Meaningful Money podcast, uh, Roger Weeks. So he joined in 2006, bought in in 2009, I think. And I retired him a couple of years ago. And then also joined us in 2014, a guy called Chaz Cox, who's my last remaining sort of active uh, co-director here. And he is planning to retire next year. So we're doing something similar. And all we've done really, uh, with Roger, it was slightly different. We, we set up a holding company. The shares went to the holding company and essentially you know, we're buying him out over five years. So he had a lump sum up front. 
buying him out. Really, kind of using his own dividends, <laughs> you know, but just doing it over five years because he becomes a kind of a fixed cost then. Right. Um, and it's worked really, really well for us. Uh, you know, it means we get the sort of ongoing input from those guys because they've got a stake for a few years. Um, mm. So Rog still comes to board meetings now as a non-exec because, you know, we value his input and obviously he values his <laughs> his remaining stake in the company. So he wants to check that, you know, everything's running okay and that the financials are looking strong because they're, you know, they're taking a risk as well. Uh, mm. So we don't have to borrow to buy them out. We're essentially buying them out of future cash flow. Um, it, so it's incredible. It it's incredible that you're able to do that. A, that they have the patience to see this as kind of a five-year exit. So I'm guessing, again, correct me. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, like I'm guessing what's happened is with the structure you set in, they will stop, you know, coming to the office um you know in in the traditional sense of the word then they get paid uh you know you you quantify the the value of their shares and that gets paid from the dividends um to them over a five-year period yeah right yeah that's right and it's up to them how they do it so you know uh we might use their personal allowance you you know we might actually retain them as a salary and pay them a salary as a non-exec That uses their personal allowance up. Uh, we might continue to pay into pensions for them mm. um, as part of, you know, once we've identified the number, I don't really care how it gets paid. Mm. You, you know, it's however they want it. So some of it goes to them as cash. Obviously, they pay all the tax up front because the deal is done uh, on, on that basis. So they pay the CDT yeah. on the whole deal up front. That's why they have a lump sum. Um, but yeah, yes, but wouldn't they have the entrepreneurs... Word. Wouldn't they yes. have entrepreneurs relief? Yeah, which is now been did you know, like it's been I was looking at this recently. It it's been changed to business assets yeah. disposal, disposal relief, relief, which bad. stands for bad, bad relief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always call it badder. I put the re- R for relief on the end, but yeah, <laughs> it is bad. It's a lot less attractive. I mean it's still useful, but obviously it's uh used to be ten million quid limit, didn't it? And, um, yeah. You know, yeah. so like a lot of these things, the uh, the the chancellor has gradually eroded the value of it. But yes, they've had the full benefit of that. No, I, th- I think that, uh, you know, what you've got there then, do you think is a formidable template for firms when they are thinking, um, you know, about exit? Does it only work? I assume it only works when you've got multiple partners uh, who aren't all retiring at the same time. Yes. I mean, then it'd have to be, I guess, some kind of MBO, some kind of uh, leveraged thing. Um, it's worked really well for us. I, I The patience is a key word, right? I, mm. You know, it, it does require commitment on the retiring, on the part of the retiring director. So you're never going to get a PE back to consolidate or agree to that. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. Um, so, yeah, it... it it's worked really, really well for us, Abraham, and it's it's a model that has worked. But the question, I think, has to be, well, what about me? Mm. Who's mm. going to do that for me? And I've been absolutely unequiv- unequivocal that I never, ever want to sell this company. <laughs> right. I, I, was, I, I was going to say, you know, they, you, you're, you're literally, they're going to have to kick you. They're going to have well, to drag you out, <laughs> kicking us. <laughs> well, I hope that I'm... 
humble enough not to outstay my welcome. You know, I think, uh, you know, as sort of, I'm sure there'll come a time where I will be more of a hindrance than a benefit. And I hope that I can see that well enough to step aside. Um, I'm massively attracted by the employee ownership trust uh, model, uh, assuming it still exists, but I don't really want to do it for 10 years. I want to make hay a little bit um, before that um, and really put the company to good use and to, to do some good. But um, I just, I, the thought for me, I, there's no judgment to anybody else who's done this, but the thought for me of selling to a kind of lowest con common denominator consolidation company just leaves oh. me cold. Um, Penzance and West Cornwall in particular, I'm sure like lots of places in the UK, is a very small world. Oh. I mean, to put it in context, right, my wife's maiden name is Jackson. Uh, the company I run is Jackson. So it's, <laughs> that gives you an idea just how small it is down here. I often say that my wife only married me to make sure that our kids didn't have webbed feet. She kind of wanted, she wanted to uh, deepen the gene pool a little bit because it's a small world down here, right? Yeah. So, you know, if I just handed my clients to mm. a massive company that actually doesn't give a monkeys about them, I would have to face these people daily. So I'd mm. either have to get extensive plastic surgery or move away from the place that I love. I'm just not prepared to sell at that cost no matter how big the numbers are. Mm. And so I would rather, I would rather close it down than sell it to, to somebody that I'm, I'm not happy with because it's just that big a deal to me. So, um, yeah, but again, no judgment on however anybody's done that themselves. So everybody's got to make their own decisions on these things. But I just, I don't ever want to sell it. I had a conversation with our, our newest recruit who joins us in the spring next year, and he was asking me about vision and where I think the company's going, which I think we're going to get to a little bit. But... I just said to him, look, I'm never selling this company. And he sort of visibly <laughs> relaxed, you know, because he can hitch his wagon to mine then and, and know that I'm not going to sell him out. It's incredible. I, by the way, I'm just loving this conversation, <laughs> right? Like it's totally unscripted. And I'm thinking that here, like I haven't prepared you for this and we're just going for it. That's so right. no, I've thanks. done this before, Abraham. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, about, about a million times. So thank you just for, for no just uh, wisdom bombs, I call them. So, so 20 people, mm -hmm. or, you know, Maybe, you have yeah. in the business now, the 20th staff joining. Uh, and I can't help but wonder how you've managed to, how you've structured the business in a way that's allowed you freedom, you know, to do all of the work, incredible work you do with meaningful money and all that stuff. So talk to us about the the structure, the advisor, the operations team and and team beneath beneath them okay uh don't think of me more highly than you ought because this is massively a work in progress okay so uh i so there are 19 of us currently as you say number 20 starts next year so of those 19 uh seven advisors including the two directors okay so five employed advisors plus Chaz and i uh, Charles retires next year and I am stopping doing client work from pretty much now or in the process mm. of handing clients over. Um, I've got a brilliant team. I've got two uh, power planners and the 
gentleman joining us next year is is a power planner as well so that'll take us to three in-house but we've trained the two in from uh, from scratch so you know they're they're great guys that but they're still quite green and you know mm. uh, learning as they go so i will have three power planners one of whom the new guy will be very experienced and then i've got a um, team of crms i want to say six <laughs> not all full time plus um, a financial controller who's a couple of days a week and i've got uh, uh, an amazing lady called sharon bray who's my practice manager i mean she has been absolutely transformative uh, I, I can't even put words or numbers on that because She's the one been badgering me to give up client work so that I can do what I'm really, really good at, which is some of the other stuff. Um, but she has also enabled me to, she's taken all the stuff that I would love to have done, but only really could sort of theorize about because I just didn't have the time to put it into motion. She's taken that, she believes all that stuff too, and, and she's put it into motion. So she really is. Um, in Gino Wickman traction terms, she's my integrator. I'm the visionary. She's the integrator. She gets stuff done, which I just uh, think is amazing. So in that respect, you know, we've we've done outsourced power planning and it works really well for us, but we really wanted to develop that in-house and want to continue doing so. And so we're at early stages with that. Um, but I mean, building meaningful money has been done in the evenings and weekends uh, until about four years ago, maybe five years ago when I started doing a day a week on it. Right. right. Um, and so that's been the sort of key structure around it. Uh, but I'm, I'm definitely too busy. I've had a sort of two and a half year bout with um, chronic fatigue, which ended about a year ago when I was finally diagnosed with a massive hormone deficiency. So now that's fixable. So uh, I always enjoy telling people I'm on HRT because it usually gets a giggle. Um, you know, so it's uh, that's helped massively and i've got my sort of mojo back um so that combined with sharon really getting into the groove as, the, as my practice manager uh, that's kind of how it's all worked but it, it, it's nothing special that man it's just steady steadily growing but our biggest issue and i almost hesitate to say it is that we just have a fire hose of new inquiries mm. so and it just never stops <laughs> so um you know, 85% of new inquiries come from Meaningful Money now. We never have less than one a day. Uh, Quality-wise, I'd say 90% of them are potential clients for us. And of those, we maybe take half just because we don't have the capacity. So we could scale up, but I don't want to scale too fast and use, lose the culture that we've spent a long time building. So there's lots going on, but it's great fun. It will, again, we'll come back to meaningful money yeah, in a sec. Uh, but ju just focusing on, on the firm for a second there. Uh, so, so the 19 people are all, you know, more or less locally. They come into the office. Uh, and, and you were talking, you, you recently moved offices, didn't, didn't you? Uh, we've recently bought offices. We're moving in in the oh. spring. I've got one fully remote um, CRM, client relationship manager. Haley was known to us because she used to work in Cornwall, but moved right. to back to Birmingham, which is home for her. So she's fully remote. She comes down four times a year, something like that. So she's down this week because we've got our year ending. We've got our Christmas due on Friday and, and all that. So, um, yeah, so she comes down, uh, yeah, one, once every three months, roughly. She's fully remote, but everybody else is local. They do two days a week in the office and the rest at home. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so Meaningful Money started... Um, 
kind of as a passion project of yours, you didn't intend for it to, you know, bring in clients as a matter of fact, I, I mean, you know, as a matter of fact, there are questions at the time, you know, this was in 2006, maybe there about nine, nine, 2009, 2009. 2009. Yeah. Uh, there are questions about, you know, uh, advice being essentially local rather than, uh, you know, what we've seen where you can deliver advice remotely. Yeah. Let's reminisce over the the history of Meaningful Money, how that started, and let's kind of get to the point of how, how this is now yeah. generating 90% of inquiries yeah. for, for Jacksons. Yeah, you did right. It was never intentionally... Well, I don't even think the phrase content marketing was coined in 2009. It might have been, but, you know, it certainly wasn't as used as it is now. So that was never the intention. It came out of um, a, a desire to do something slightly more than just help rich people get richer, you know, to sort of maybe make a bit of an impact. I'm also, I mean, I just, I'm a consummate nerd. I'm never happier than when I'm trying to learn new software or buying a new piece of, you know, kit that I probably don't need, but I really like. <laughs> so... Uh, this was a case of sort of, right, um, how can I meld these things together? And so I, uh, the, the, the clincher, though, was reading a book called Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk, who yeah. still remains one of my online heroes. And it, the premise of that book, remember, this was back in 2008, I think that book was was written. And it said, look, there's no editors now, there's no producers, there's no gatekeeper to getting your message out there. So if it's any good, people will show up. And so I thought, well, I'll give that a go. So I'm, I'm looking up to my top right um, because my original video camera is there, a little flip uh, video camera, just as a reminder of where it started. And I just started shooting videos. Like, this is how money works, right? This is what an ISA is. This is what a pension is. Here's why you might have one over the other. These are the basics of insurance. This is how to set and stick to a budget. This is how to get out of debt. The simple stuff that everybody needs to know that we just don't teach still effectively enough in schools, although it's better than it was then. So I just started doing that. And because I enjoyed it, I kept going, even though nobody was watching. <laughs> right? Because around about the same time, or maybe 18 months earlier, you know, Twitter really started to take off in financial services. That's how you and I, I think, originally yeah. um, sort of corresponded. And uh, so, you know, some sort of key friends in the profession said, hey, look, you might be onto something here. Keep going. And so I did. And it just became fun. And then in sort of middle of 2011, so probably just under two years after the first video went up, I had an email out of the blue from a couple in um, Bexhill-on-Sea. It's a long way from Penzance, right? Far southeast <laughs> coast. And um, he just basically said, look, I very narrowly avoided being ripped off by a charlatan advisor. I've watched a few of your videos and we feel like we know you and can trust you. Will you work with us? Mm. So I'm like, okay, right. Never done a remote client before. So we started talking over Skype and, you know, and that was the first of what became many. So 2014 was the first year that Meaningful Money became the main source of new inquiries, you know, beating the traditional ones of client referrals and professional referrals and just people knowing who we are in Penzance. So 2014 was the first year when Meaningful Money was the main source and it's just continued to grow. And now it's, well, this year it's 85% and pushing 90. So, but the level, and not only the level in terms of the number, but the quality has just continued to, to improve. It's, it's weird irony, right? I've built a career on telling people that they don't need to see a financial advisor, mm. right? 
uh, and yet we're busier than ever. So go figure. Mm. But that just mm. seems to be the way the internet works. You put it all out there for free and people take it and they apply it, but they still get to the end of themselves and think, okay, mm. who am I now going to go? If, if I feel like I need advice, they're not going to go anywhere else, right? So um, you, you talk about remote clients, though. I, I remember smiling to myself often in sort of 2020 when the, we were all in lockdown. Yeah. You got a new model advisor and all these places, you know, 10 tips for great Zoom client <laughs> meetings. And stuff. I'm like, gee, I've been doing this for 10 years. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just practice. And so, yeah, the world has changed. So in, in some ways, I was kind of ahead of the game with that. Um, but now more than half easily of our clients are uh, are nowhere near Cornwall. Total client bank wow. nowhere near Cornwall. Wow. Wow. Incredible stuff. I, I mean, I'm just thinking about this you know, idea of compounding um, in the context of what you, you've been doing. So you started in 2009. So 2009. Um, mm -hmm. It took two years before you got the first client uh, from this thing, 2011. And then it took a further three years. So five years in before this thing actually got to the point where it's generating 50% of uh, your, your inquiry as a firm. And then now, uh, you know, 2023, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, generating. It's a beast. Uh, it's a monster. It, that keeps it's a, away it's from a monster. Now, and there is a there is a cost to that. You talked about, you know, the impact on on your health um, that that this has had, and and. I I guess what what I'm trying to, uh, and then of course. In addition to that, it's kind of a business on its own right now. So you've got oh, yeah. the podcast, you've got the videos and YouTube, yep. which I don't know if you monetize that for advertising, and then you've got yep. the courses. Yes. So it kind of sits in between the, the free tier of the podcast and the YouTube channel and the one-on-one -on -one regulated advice through Jackson's. I have something called Meaningful Academy. Right. So three phases to that. So financial foundations is a bunch of courses about the stuff you'd expect. So budgeting, basics of protection, debt elimination, that's free. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, we only made it free a few weeks ago, actually. Um, and had sort of 500 people sign up to that in the space of about a week. And so that's going to be, that's kind of my, let's just get this information out to people who really need it and not mm -hmm. charge them for it. Then there's the build wealth phase. As the name suggests, you know, talks about um, uh, investing and wealth building. And then there's a retirement planning phase. So the courses are one-off costs, um, but I offer access to Voyant Go um, uh, as well. So there's an annual re renewal for that. But it's like 120 quid a year. But, I mean, that's a pretty significant revenue source now. So, I mean, this year, uh, I mean, I don't mind giving numbers. I don't know whether people care, but I mean, meaningful money is it will break two hundred thousand quid in revenue this year. Incredible. So it's a useful business in its own right. Mm -hmm. It's changed my life in in many ways, um, and that's excluding. You know, it's not like Jackson's pays meaningful money for for a lead. Right, right. I'd be a multimillionaire, right? <laughs> but you know, um, it's. But I don't care about that. It's so notwithstanding the revenue it brings to Jackson's, it it will it will probably punch two hundred grand this year in its own right. So, you know, I got two people working for me <laughs> in that as well. So it's become, it's a very long way from me setting up a camera on a cliff top in Cornwall 
yeah. talking to it for seven minutes. It's now <laughs> a much bigger operation. And I, I've got so much I'd like to do with it, but there's only so many hours in the day. So part of the giving up client work is to free that up a little bit so that I can reach more and reach further uh, with yeah. it. So yeah. yeah, exciting stuff. I mean, you know, what you're doing reminds me of a mutual in quote hero of ours although he's been he's been vilified uh you know some of it justifiably on social media uh, more lately uh dave ramsey which yeah. is uh you know the, the the structure which you've got which is like you have the free content uh mm -hmm. in in out there in the uh, on the interweb um then there will be people who move to the next level so they pay for educational stuff uh, or coaching yeah. stuff uh you know you know 200 250 whatever the fee pounds a month of sorry a year of uh the, yeah. the cost and then you move on to the high end uh, and you know like if you have let's say i don't know even if you have a million people through the door and and 99 uh you know 98% of them drop they only stay in the freebies you would have made so much impact yes. uh, you know the, then the 10% you know who go on to sign up for courses uh 10 15 20% who go mm -hmm. that's even high you know i don't know i'm just making these numbers up um, and who go on to sign up for courses that makes a meaningful revenue to at least um, you know make the activity worthwhile um, and then of course you know let's say one percent drop into the uh, the high-end uh, uh, bucket they, they it's the typical I mean I say typical but it sounds obvious now <laughs> you know it's taking 15 yeah. odd years but like an incredible content funnel that makes a difference in the world yeah. and ultimately lands you the, the sort of clients you want up to the point where you got too much, <laughs> you got too many yeah. that you, you can handle. I used to think of it as a pyramid with a sort of free tier on the bottom, Meaningful Academy in the middle and Jackson's at the top, but you're absolutely right. It's inverted. It is a funnel. I, yeah. I you know, People give me too much credit, right? That's entirely by accident, not by design. No. I mean, I've read a lot of stuff on this stuff latterly, but it's just by sticking at it and keeping going and learning from doing rather than applying a sort of theoretical knowledge and just seeing if it works. So, um, it, I mean, it's it works really well, mate. I mean, it's, you know, I'm continually surprised and delighted by it. Um, but I, I, I'm really sort of hesitant to sound sort of too nauseatingly altruistic, but I, I literally have no designs on significant wealth for myself. I just, I don't really care as long as I've got enough. And, but what I do care about deeply is, is helping people with this stuff. You're and a son of a preacher. <laughs> I am the son of a preacher, man. You know, raised in the Christian faith. That's still very, very important to me. Um, but I mean, irrespective of which faith or non, you, you know, I, I, it's a, my parents modeled, uh, service and just looking after other people, you know, there was always people in our home from all kinds of backgrounds, people just being loved and served and fed and clothed and, you know, and mom and dad have lived an extremely fulfilled life 
but haven't built up massive wealth for themselves mm. in doing it. They've given an awful lot away. And so I can't help but uh, feel that that kind of runs through my veins as well. Um, and so that's very much what we're building at Jackson's uh, as well, because that I think uh, is another seriously useful tool in my hand to do more than just enrich myself. So, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not living like a monk, don't get me wrong, <laughs> right? But at the same time, uh, I would rather use that tool that you know that that thing that i've got control of to um to do more than just enrich myself um so we're really really excited about that uh going forward in what we're building here right down to you know the sort of day-to-day -day operations four-day weeks how we pay our advisors uh, which i think is different from many and you know all, all these sorts of things we're just trying a load of stuff but it all comes from uh, the desire to serve and to help as many people as possible. I, it's deeply ironic. We deal with some incredibly wealthy people here, but West Cornwall is, <clears throat> by some measures, the fourth poorest area in the country, fourth poorest district. So there's massive poverty around here as well, and that I can't really live with that dichotomy. So we need to be doing more to help, you know, uh, level that up a bit. Mm. To use Tory language. <laughs> let, let, let's yeah let's let's talk about that then sort of your your big vision for for jackson what, what is it that you are trying to build this business into i mean you know 20 20 staff members i don't know how many clients you know excess of three 300 million of uh, of, mm -hmm. of aum today yeah where are you going yeah, about right this? Yeah, so the problem is with 50-year history and so much legacy stuff, it's actually hard to put an exact number on our AUM. I'd say it's between <laughs> 300 and 350, right? Somewhere like that. Uh, turnover is about 1.4 million. So if you run those numbers into each other, we're not getting paid on a lot of what's yeah. under management, which is something that we're looking to address. So massive consolidation exercise. Um, just to make the business really sing uh, and make sure it's as efficient as possible um, and has the right people in the right seats. So, you know, we're, we're in good shape, we're profitable. We've invested massively over the last few years. So we're running, you know, after the principals get paid probably on about a 10% profit margin, mm. um, which is plenty for now, but I'd like to stretch that out. <clears throat> um, you know, I've, sat at brett davidson's feet for for a few years and he would say you know really could do with being 20 25 percent after the principals get paid for a super healthy business so that's definitely a goal as for what we want to do with it um you know bear in mind that it, I, my goal is not to just enrich myself right it, so it's to obviously give people meaningful jobs that they can feel fulfilled and developed uh, in um and to have an impact on the local community. So we're aiming for B Corp uh, next year. Um, I want to get to the stage fairly quick that a portion of profits is sort of um, funneled into a foundation that we can then, uh, you know, run separately and make sure uh, that the money goes to the right places locally. That that will be because Jackson's is such a Penzance company. I, mm. I want to focus our efforts on the local uh, in, local environment. A meaningful money kind of scratches my itch for making a bigger dent than that sort of more nationally if you like um so you know even down to 
our advisors are not remunerated based on their production or on how much they look after. They get a salary for doing the job. Uh, we pay them well enough. We're continually trying to push it up as the profit allows. Um, but I just don't believe that my advisors do any more towards the health of the business than the brand new CRM who started 18 months ago. Mm -hmm. So we pay them differently based on their roles, but we, do, we don't believe, and we've really only sort of put this into practice in the last year, um, we don't believe in bonusing the advisors when mm -hmm. they've got a team of people behind them enabling to, to get that bonus. That doesn't make any sense to me. And we just think it drives the wrong kind of behavior. So Brett Davidson, to give him credit, has, has been instrumental in, in uh, sort of helping me form my thinking around this. But we just want to, we've rebranded this year, and it's all about people. You know, I literally couldn't give less of a toss about money, wealth, retirement, anything like that. But I love people. Mm. And, uh, you know, I want to build a business that models that, really. So that's kind of where we're going. I could wax lyrical, but I'd, I'd bore you. But that's basically where we're going. Trying to build something that is good really good something that i'm yeah. proud of not just something that makes me rich it's incredible you know to think about um you know making an impact on people in in, in that deep way that cuts across starts with your own staff of course yes but then you know the feed through to the clients and and uh, the the community and and ultimately the nation through the work that you're doing i think it's incredibly inspiring well thank you man i'm after a knighthood yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll settle for an obe <laughs> and I, I just a little bit i've always said that'd be quite nice but no I just absolutely no, it's <clears throat> it, i just think of, a business is such a powerful tool. Mm, you know, probably mm. more money comes through a business's hands than an individual's hands right. in most cases. Right. And so I, it's a form of leverage to me. I can probably do greater, more wide-ranging, further-reaching good with a company mm. than I could ever do with charitable donations and giving in my own right. So um, I just think I've been blessed with this super powerful tool that I can really make a difference with. And so that's that's what excites me. You know, I just don't think I would get out of bed on January the 1st if it was just about, right, let's increase revenue so that I can change my car. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I mean, uh, you, you've had like, that. You know, yeah. it's not me. You, you've had that saying, what is it? You know, a business is, an, is a chance or an opportunity to insert your own opinion in the world. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, but I think in this sense, it actually goes more than that. It's 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 a chance, it's an opportunity to insert um, a bit of goodness. In this case, the opinion being inserted is is about yes. you know generosity. It's about impact and and making a positive difference um, in the mm -hmm. society. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it, yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't think we'll ever have any difficulty attracting talent <laughs> on the basis of that. You know, like four day week is so we're technically we're four months into a six month trial of a four day week. So we close the office on a Friday. Right. So one of us is rotated on to check PFP messages. That's sort of the portal on the back end of uh, IntelliFlow office. So somebody's on rotated on to, to check that and to there's a special voicemail goes on the phone system on a Friday. So those are monitored as well. So if a client needs a call back, they'll get a call back, but we get like 
because clients know now they're getting mm. you know they're starting to remember that we're closed on a friday so we might get three or four calls on a friday and it's never anything urgent it's usually a provider so <laughs> you know they can ring back on monday <laughs> so uh it's working really well and revenues if anything are slightly up basically flat but slightly up, um despite us working 20 percent less and obviously the staff love it um a three-day weekend is a revelation believe me so it's interesting so so you basically i mean like ultimately you'd attract people with very different mindsets to the traditional uh financial yes. planning or financial services you know which is like you want to prioritize life over just the just the pound uh yeah. element um yes but i have a clear goal that in three years time we will have the revenue and the profit margin to be able to pay all my team top london rates of pay for the role that they're in despite mm. being in west cornwall mm. right that's stated it's on a presentation i'm giving to my team <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> um and because i don't believe in regional pay yeah right because i just think if a job's worth doing it's worth paying people really well for but i would probably bankrupt myself if i did that in one <laughs> step right so i've got to do that in a sort of uh the stewardship kind of way i've got to make sure the company doesn't fail because obviously that has the reverse effect but that that's the sort of thing it's so i want to be able to tick the remuneration box as well but somebody who just wants to earn as much as possible it will never be happy here <laughs> they won't last long um and we wouldn't recruit them we bang on very much about values um when we're recruiting um you know because you want to set that thing right i think you can train almost anything but culture is really hard and and we guard it jealously so um we make a big deal of that when we when we hire uh, so and we've not made any mistakes so far i wouldn't you know I wouldn't say we'll never uh, mishire somebody because who knows, but um, hopefully you get that stuff, stuff right at the start, then, uh, you know, it's just embedded. Um, but I mean, if you haven't got a culture, if you haven't got a, a group of people who are sort of heading towards the same aim and for the same reasons, then that's going to be a problem. incredible talking to you pete uh so uh i have to try and wrap this up somehow otherwise i get told <laughs> off by by jake my producer um so you're going through this change now essentially uh you know sharon uh pushing for you to leave client work i know you want to as well enables you to focus on what you do best, of course, running the business, which she does most of as the integrator. Yes, day -to -day, uh, yeah. uh, but 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 that should free you up more to uh, do more around meaningful money. Uh, can you? But can you do any more than you're already doing? Well, uh, yeah, I think it's just a matter of scale and reach, then, isn't it? it right. You know, I mean, I can. <laughs> You know, I can make like two videos a week <laughs> instead of one, but I'm not sure there's any need for that. But I would love to. We talk about Dave Ramsey, you know, 
a flawed model, but has probably done more than anybody else in the US for mm. improving people's financial situation. Um, but you know, he he isn't the only face there. Yeah. You've got the, a bunch of other people having shows there, Rachel Cruz among others. And you know, I quite like that idea that it becomes a media company around finance. You know, people say, oh, you know, you should get on telly. It's like, well, I'm never going to get on telly because I live in Penzance and I hate traveling. So <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> going to go to Manchester. And so um, I think I want to continue to build it and just see what it can be. I, I have the greatest fun of my life when I'm just trying stuff. Yeah. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So we, we do so cautiously. But I like pushing boundaries a little bit and just trying different stuff. Um, and so that is what I'm going to have time to do more of and really put time into the people here at Jackson's as well. It's incredible. Um, you know, we want to uh, partner with um, like debt, some kind of debt counseling specialist to have debt counseling in Jackson's um, and get that done right and financial literacy seminars and stuff. So the new space that we're moving into, we'll be able to have 30 odd people in for a seminar and stuff like that. So all this sort of stuff is really floating my boat right now. And, keeping me awake at night for all the good reasons because I'm excited about them. So, uh, yeah, lots to come, man. If we have this conversation in another five years, I'm sure it'll look differently again. It's <laughs> incredible. And do you think that uh, there is over, what's the word, oversupply of content in financial space? So so would you say, you know, um, I guess if, if an advisor is listening to this, is this a path? that you would recommend you know is there still room for more financial podcast and more financial yes. video as em emphatically yes um because there's a million different audiences uh i remember having a conversation at a meetup quite a few years ago uh with um a lady there and she she was gay right and so she said to me my community by which she meant the lg uh, BT community just tends not to engage with their money. It's obviously a bit of a generalization, but that's mm. what she said. How can we reach them? I said, well, I'm looking at it, mm. right? They're going to take it far better from you from, you know, a straight middle-aged white guy. It, mm. it just, mm. it doesn't make sense. Mm. Mm. And so I think we need a, an array of voices um, and backgrounds and cultures mm. Um reaching a million different audiences so there are literally just there can't be too many i don't think i mean you could literally take my exact script from a video mm. but it would be entirely different you could right. say the same words but it'd be entirely different because it's you and not yeah. me and so i just think we need more of that you i don't think you can have too much my only fear is that it's is um the quality sometimes can be lacking you know we've all heard about TikTok influencers and stuff like that yeah. it's not the platform it's the people using it right I'm very encouraged by a lot of um, some quite high profile influencers are all, uh, many of them are getting their exams now, their financial, right, right. you know, their yeah. diploma mm. so that they are, it gives them some uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure what the word is, some sort of um, uh, kudos, you know, they, that they know what they're talking about. They're just not yeah, making yeah, it, yeah. They're make, making it up. So um, that I'm encouraged by that. So, I, yeah, more voices, the better, but the better the voices, the better as well. <laughs> that's, a, that's a wonderful, wonderful segue. It's a segue. 
<laughs> Please. Do. What are we talking do. about next day, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Jake's uh, tapping Pete, his watch. Pete, thank you very much for your time, for your wisdom, uh, for sharing um, freely, you know, your, your journey, some of the challenges that have come along the way. Um, but more importantly, for, for inspiring all of us, all of us in this profession, just with your um, altruism, is that the word? Generosity, I should use it more. You know, yeah. ge generosity, uh, you know, there are literally thousands and thousands of people out there, you know, and consumer I am thinking of now who are better off as a result of the work that you do and who haven't had to pay a penny for it. But, you know, like even the ones who do have, you know, no, absolutely no doubt in my mind, um, you know, that they've got value for, for, for it more than what, what they paid for it. And, you Thank know, you. I think uh, our profession is better for it. Um, you know, the world, the society at large is better. Uh, for for the work you do, so thank you, my friend. I You're I am privileged kind, to count you count you a friend. Thank you. Likewise, thank you so much for having me, mate. In the same way, I love the way that you're building your business. I uh, obviously we've signed with Timeline, so we're very excited about that for the portfolios. So um, yeah, no, I, I I'm very grateful for your kind words, mate. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me today. Thank you. Take That's it up on today's show. Massive, massive thanks to my production crew, especially Jake Osha, Melissa Canam, and the entire team. And of course, to our sponsor, Timeline, the market leading provider of integrated planning technology and model portfolio service to advisors. I do hope you've enjoyed today's show. Head over to Apple Podcast and give us your review there. Until next time, goodbye.